Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Show did. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. And this is part two of your Waco Massacre 100th episode. Story of the Corishians, Branch Davidians, David Koresh. Where did we leave off? We left off at, I think he was just starting the com- starting it, the compound? Yeah, he just, just got he there. Just joining it. He just got there, he had... Got rid of George Roden. He had proven that George Roden won the Messiah, and so now he's at the compound. And so Koresh was described as handsome with a sexy Jesus vibe. Do you see it? Do you see it? Please say no. No. Um, and he was officially and legally have has changed his name to David Koresh for business purposes. Of course. And also because David is a very royal name in the Bible Mm because of King David. And I think he wanted people to think that Branch Davidians was a branch of him. The the Davidians. Yeah. Yes. And, and, And maybe I was the only one that thought that, but I thought that. He was very charismatic. And he still loved music, and so he played music a lot, all the time, for his people. And remember, he was supposed to be a rock star like Manson, so him and Manson at the same time were going to be a rock star, going to be a rock star. They failed, and so now he's just trying to be Jesus. And so this is plan B for him. So his most notable song was, a ironically, a song called A Madman in Waco, and they actually played it on the radio station here in Waco. But he wrote it about George Roden, um, his arch enemy. But people, you can find it on Spotify. Now, I may play it at the end, end, end. But when people hear it, you obviously, who do you think we think of? Mm -hmm. Correct. Him, totally. So when David took over the compound, he started making some changes. He stockpiled weapons, of course, and ammunition. But for what? Like, what What does a cult leader need all that for? Um, They started to construct a new, he he did some renovations, and he did not even need Chip and Joanna for this. It was not the, it was not Not farm. Yeah, it wasn't farm chick. It wasn't, like, new, modern. It was, it was defensible, a fort-like um compound it was big as a city block 
He needed a concrete bunker and needed needed a four story tower with windows and holes in there. Why does he need all these things? I, He's just he knew something was coming that nobody else knew was coming. He he was predicting something was coming. So the building also had no air conditioning, no heat, and no indoor plumbing. What? <coughs> so, ew. And, except for Koresh's room. So, cult leaders, uh-uh. y'all are, you're full of shit. His room had AC, so probably like a window unit, and heat. And he had a television, and he had liquor, and he had all the other comforts that everybody else wasn't allowed. Because Why couldn't they have it? Well, he, he was the sinful messiah, and he, he got to bear everybody's sins oh, that's for them. He, that was, he was that type of, um, he was just that type of leader. He was that leader, yeah. 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 He took all that for them that's so that nice they didn't have to, deal, see, so he didn't, they didn't have yeah, to bear those sins. he wanted to take on all the burdens. And of the of, sin yeah. for them. I mean, that's actually very good yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So by this time, he had been preaching that he was the modern-day Messiah, and everything belonged to him, but especially the women and the girls. Now, at age 25, he married a 14-year-old girl named Rachel Jones, just one of his wives. Won't be able to talk about all of them. Um, And her parents were also members of the congregation, and they gave her their consent for him to marry her. And at at Texas at this time... You could marry a 14-year-old if your parents gave your consent. So, Koresh also had the power at the compound to annul marriages. So, okay. you and Dirty Chad could have just got to Koresh and you, he could have annulled your marriage yeah. and you wouldn't have to worry about lawyers or anything. Wow, that would have been nice. That would have been much instead. easier. Oh, yeah. I would have definitely gone to him. Yeah. You could have just joined, too, while you are there. I probably would have. <laughs> that state of mind. So, um, all so all the couples that joined got their marriages annulled, and then they were prohibited from having sex ever again. So, people that were married for twenty years. How do you grow your cult? Oh, you could only Mormons. you could only only Have David Koresh. Yes. Oh. Either one, you're celibate. So men were celibate for forever. That's it. If you're a man, you're no longer allowed to get your wee-wee wet unless you are Koresh. And then if you're women, only women that were lucky enough to be chosen by God. Mm-hmm. To bear the seed of the to, fruit. And yeah. Jesus and Holy Mary, Mother God, for first sinners, <laughs> not the hour of our death. Amen. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I think that's what they said when they were there. So, you know, the men would be rewarded in heaven for their celibacy, and then David would be rewarded because he needed 24 wives so that he can have 24 offspring, and these 24 offspring would later rule later on. Now, at the end, we know that David had 19 wives total, so he almost made it. Like, we, damn that ATF, we interfered with his ultimate goal, and then he had 18 kids and his wives were as young as 10 years old. That is third grade. How do you? Okay. 
It is third grade. And everybody at that compound thought it was okay. And these people who were part of that compound that are still alive now still think it's okay. So if you watch the Waco Apocalypse, American Apocalypse, it's on Netflix right now. One of the girls, I can't remember her name. She does Her name does not need to be remembered. But she said, not a direct quote, but basically, he did nothing wrong. Because at 12 years old, you That's are a legal it. adult. But these girls but where? were 10. Oh, so maybe. I, I don't know. So then it's. So then it's okay. <laughs> or not okay? I don't know. At 12 years old, you're not an adult. At 10 years old, you're really not an adult. Yeah, you're definitely not an adult at 12 years old. When David's wife wives were divinely chosen he didn't choose the ones that like he thought were prettiest or like had the biggest boobs or prettiest face they were divinely chosen caroline so you cannot call this lust no how dare you they also got to wear a star of david necklace which i think is stupid because that's don't jews wear that David would exert power and mind control, and so he would randomly wake up in the middle of the night and implement these random stupid rules that they would follow. So, example, 4 o'clock in the morning, everybody wake up. Here's an air horn or some bells or whatever, and today's rule is you can only eat peanuts and bananas only all day. So everybody would just, okay. And then maybe the next day it's just apples and bananas. And then from now on, you're never allowed to eat apples and oranges together. You can only eat apples what? and bananas together. Are these together. really rules, or did you just make up an example? No, no these are rules that came from, um, pe- like, parish people, Christians. <laughs> they could only, okay. Yeah, and you know, they're only plant-based diets, so you could only eat, you can't eat vegetables and fruit together. What would happen only if they happened fruit. to have a peanut on the day day that peanuts were not allowed and it was only apples and oranges? You were publicly shamed, shamed. and whooped. And no. sometimes it was with a boat oar. Like, it's just, it's stupid. He would preach his sermons for hours long. He controlled every aspect of their life at the compounds, um, what they read, when they left, if they could leave, Kids had to be homeschooled, when they slept, how long they slept, what they ate, even their bathroom breaks, um, when they saw their family outside the compound. If you had to go to the bathroom during these hour and hours and hours long sermons, you could not and you had to use it on yourself. Oh, no. He would exert physical punishment to teach people a lesson. They seemed like they did not. Um <laughs> Agree, understand. Yeah, or like we're even paying good attention, and these sermons were videotaped, so you can there you could watch videotapes of these sermons, and you see these kids and these women and these men and these audiences watching and listening to these Bible studies, and they really do look like they're paying attention. But they would get beatings, and sometimes these kids would get beatings so bad that their bottoms would be bleeding. Women were not allowed to wear makeup or jewelry. Now, his sermon started taking a very dark t- turn. 
where he was preparing for the end of the world. Okay, now he would tell them all, and even the kids, they were preparing for a group of people to come in and kill them and that they were probably all going to die. So little kids, these little kids, were hearing the sermon that people were going to come and invade the compound and they're probably going to all die, okay? Mm. Also, the world was going to end, but because he's the son of God, that any members who are there were going to reign. So if they do die, they're going to live again but the people who left the compound were going to perish and go to hell oh so that creates fear for people to never want to leave right now one of the kids later says that when the atf and everybody finally did come to the compound that they didn't get scared He had been preaching it for so long that it was just another day. Like, it was like, oh, okay, this is the day. It was like a fire drill at school, right? It's Mm. like you've rehearsed it, you've rehearsed it, you've rehearsed it, you knew what to do. Um, So when they showed up, they just kind of went to their spots like they were supposed to do and just waited for the end to happen. It was no big deal. Now, um, they were also, I thought this was crazy, knowingly in a cult the Corishians later said that they all agreed and knew that they were in a cult. And David told them, you know, this is a cult. But Jesus started a cult with his 12 disciples. <laughs> so he takes what he, little bitty piece of the Bible, and refers it back to what he's doing and makes it all okay. Wow. Another piece of the Bible that he he twists for his own purpose is the seven seals. Have you heard of the seven seals in the book of Revelation? So the book of Revelation, now seals is like a sealed document, not like the seal, the animal. But in 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 the book of Revelation, there's these seven seals. These seven seals can only be opened by the Lamb of God. And you open these seals and there's just sacred documents in these seals. And that seventh seal, so basically only Jesus Christ can open these seals, right? And the revelation is the end of the world. So the re- the book of Revelation hasn't happened yet. We know that when that happens, it is going to be end of the world. That's when Christ is coming back. That's like the apocalypse. That's when we're either going to hell or when we're going to heaven, mm-hmm. okay? So David Koresh says he can open the seven seals, he has that power. He is the Lamb of God, and um, that is why he is here on earth. Like, his job is to kick off this apocalypse. Okay, so all his followers believe this, and that's why they are there with him, because when he opens that seventh seal, they want to be able to go to heaven with him and not perish. Now... These are not like just dumb people. These are Waco attorneys. These are people that had businesses and money and education from all over the world and all over the countries, all races. Every single race and ethnicity and socioeconomic background was a part of this cult. Hmm. Australia, New England, New Zealand, they're from Hawaii, they're from Texas, they were from everywhere. 
So really nobody outside of this cult could have point fingers and said, oh, you know, that's just that's just poor people or yeah. that's just white people or yeah. that's just especially black folks. Cause we're the first ones to say, Oh no, white folks, that's white folks shit. <laughs> Do you know there's so many black folks in this cult? I was so shocked to see how many black folks were in this cult. So we can't say that when a member joined, they had to sell all of their assets, everything. So Caroline, if you joined, you signed a bequeathment certificate. And it basically, first you had to sell your house, and then any other assets, if you had a trust, if you had any Roth IRAs, any retirement, everything, sell it all, sign this bequeathment certificate, and that signed all your money and your possessions over to the Branch Davidian Association. Guess who's the president of the Branch Davidian Association? David. David Koresh. So he bequeathed everybody. He bequeathed. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Not to get that word mixed up with another. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. But this is very much like what uh, Warren Jeffs did, you know. Did he? Did they sign something like that, too? Well, they just had to sell off all their property in order to move to the Zion or whatever. That yes. Big, huge at least, At least it was, was beautiful. A, like, yeah. This one, it was that was a, like a trailer house looking like, like. Uh, yes. Yeah, they must have a lot more money, a lot more followers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Warren, I mean, if you put him on a pedestal, Warren Jeff was a little bit more successful. Did he reign longer? I don't think his reign was very it, long. I think it's just because it was the, it came, it had already been in, um, like, they had already had the cult for so long, I guess. Or he, they already had this big following. So uh-huh. it's not like he, with, but with him, with David, it's almost like it was kind of newer. He, um, yeah, it just hasn't really got established. And then everybody that established it, they were all minimalist. Like they all expected people to live in tents and buses and like little trailers. Even now, if you go out there, yeah, the bus ladies the out bus there is now. back. Yeah. Now, if you go out there, there's like trailer houses and, um, like mobile homes and stuff. So they're still very much minimalist, which makes me think that the the own the head person just likes to keep the money for themselves. Mm. So they're extra selfish. Um <clears throat> so he used this book of Revelation Apocalypse story to fuel what's gonna actually happen or what we know actually happens. So he uses um, the apocalypse and the analogy of it. So instead of God and Satan, the war of the apocalypse, it's gonna be them and the government. So they are the God and then Satan is the government. And so. I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what their mindset is when they are going through this siege that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So this leads me to know that one, David knew that he was doing wrong because he knew they, there were going to be some police officers knocking on his door here real soon. So that start. So let's talk about the investigation because he is doing what he is doing for a while. And nobody knows, like nobody knows David Koresh is, they know there's this, religious group out there nice religious group um and they know he goes and sings in town a little bit and that he's just a little weird but they don't know yet that he's 
and Nolan marriages and impregnating little girls. Yeah, they just think he's this weirdo. So what? What's their reasoning for doing any for this? This is how they're about to find out. Oh, okay. So around the end of March of 1992, and remember the sea that it starts in 93. So we're about a year before the knock on the everything happens. Mm-hmm. So a UPS delivery guy who has been delivering um, to the compound for a while, he's making just routine deliveries. Well, these routine deliveries that he's always made, stops. he stops delivering to the compound, and he starts delivering to another building at the um, Magbag location on Elk Road. So Waco people. Caroline, you live in Hewitt, right? So when you get on 6, and 6 turns into Loop 340, and that loops you all the way around to Belmead, right? Mm -hmm. Before you get into Belmead, there's a road called Elk Road, okay? And when you turn on Elk Road, there is a big building called, I don't even know what it's called, but it's a big blue building. That is the mag bag location. That is where Carishians used to keep a lot of their... um, weapons Mm. they would that was a business it was it was um like a fake automotive repair it was a fake gun shop repair so they would have all these things delivered there like it was a business but it was supposedly it was really them stockpiling weapons for their war okay yeah now, so this UPS delivery guy was like, um, for some reason, I'm not going straight to the compound anymore. I'm stopping here. So he would stop there, which is just five or six miles from the compound. He would stop there, and somebody would meet him out. They would check him out. They'd call Koresh on the phone, and Koresh would have to give him the green light. And then they would, this UPS guy would follow another Carishian down to the compound. They'd let them in the gates. And now these nice religious guys are wearing army fatigues and there's security guards at the gate. This one day, he picked up a box and an empty grenade fell out. Mm -hmm. So he just stuck it back in there. Gave him the box and like was deuces. And these boxes were bigger and they were heavier. So when he goes home and he, t- he tells wifey, you know, we're, we just, women, we just don't play. We're like, Mm-mm, this is weird. Like this, these religious people are weird. It'd be like if my husband had delivery at the Homestead Heritage. I don't trust the Homestead Heritage. Yeah. So the UPS guy was delivering this package. And then at what point did this, did this grenade fall out? When he was picking up a box, there was a hole, and I guess there was a hole, or the box was damaged. Uh-huh. A lot of times, boxes are damaged, yeah. um, and so it fell out. So he just kind of picked it up and put, put it, it back, back in, in there. there and gave and just, it yes, okay. didn't let them know that he knew. Yeah, and then he just told his and wife and didn't say anything. And he's like, yeah. Oh, look what happened to me today. Yes, okay. his wife calls McLean County Sheriff's Office. And she's like, my husband delivered a package and it had a grenade in it? Yes, but it was an empty grenade. So it wasn't like, it was empty. Um, So the sheriff's office is like, what? And they call the ATF. And so they're talking to the ATF and there's an undercover ATF agent. And they see that there are, so they start looking at all these deliveries that have been made for 
weeks and months and months and months. And they see, oh, this isn't their first delivery. They've been getting deliveries for forever with gunpowder, black powder that goes, it's all this stuff that goes inside the grenades, just anything that you need for a war. Like it's not an army base, but anything an army base might need mm-hmm. and more. And so they get an undercover agent to go and make the next delivery with the UPS guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they make the next delivery and um, David Koresh makes them because he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And the undercover agent is stupid. He like is like, can I use your bathroom? Can I use your phone? He just does things outside of the norm that a normal UPS delivery guy doesn't do. So he picks up the phone, David Koresh, when they leave, he calls the McLennan County Sheriff's Office and he says, I know you're trying to infiltrate the compound and it's not going to happen. So that, along with David Koresh's paranoia and his apocalypse mindset makes him order even more. So after that, he orders 143 more assault rifles, more ammo, more weapons, and he's getting ready for even more, okay? So by July of 1992, Koresh and the Branch Davidians are officially under investigation, and Special Agent David Aguilera, like Christina, um, re- file a report for illegal possession, manufacturing, and conversion of weapons and explosives. Okay, so that's why David Koresh is now on the ATF's radar. Um, they're also so they're trying to get a search warrant, basically, so that they can go and. serve them a search warrant. Mm -hmm. Um, So they want to go to that mag bag location Mm -hmm. that was at the end of Elk Road. And they want to um, search the compound. Okay. So in episode three, they obtain a search warrant. We're going to go through how they go and implement that search warrant that mm-hmm. leads to the actual them being on the compound steps. If you want to listen to that now, all you got to do is press next because episode three is there for you right now. If you don't have time, you can listen to it later. It's already there. All right, y'all. We will see you in episode three. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. This 
has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.